Hey everyone, and welcome to the Up and Coming episode seven with the uh, just absolutely lovely, and I use the word beautiful like 50 million times to describe him in this podcast, but that's the only way to say it. Beautiful human being, Max. Um, he's going to be talking about his podcast, The Bitchery of History. And trust me, you're going to want to check out the website. It's amazing. U M P B O H dot com. That's U M P B O H dot com. Uh, but on a side note, we gotta talk about Mother's Day. It's kind of approaching, guys. May 14th, super close. And you're going, oh, shoot, I forgot to get my mother something. Don't worry, I got you covered. Bouquet in a Box. Go to bouquetinabox.com. All the flowers from Bouquet in a Box are grown in California, picked in California, and arranged in California, making them the freshest flowers you can have unless you grew them yourself. And I have an awesome special uh, uh, promo code for you guys. Views, it's all one word, up and coming. You can receive 15% off on your first order. So don't forget that special woman in your life, especially your mother on Mother's Day. So save that 15% by using that promo code up and coming. And uh, one last time, California grow, grown and sold uh, box.com and it's the only way to get flowers fresher is to grow them yourself. And we ain't got time for that. So let's do this. Where did you come from and where are you going? Let's meet someone worth knowing. Where did you come from and where are you going? This is the up and coming. Oh my God, I love talking about myself too. Yeah. It's the best. Yes, ma'am. All right, so let's welcome the lovely Matt. Hi. Oh, thank you so much for coming. Yeah, of course. I'm glad to finally be here. Yes, Um, I was a horrible person. Let me just No, say. it's both of us. I think it's... <laughs> I just, I felt like we're like, yeah, three months ago, let's have Max on. And then I was like, three months later, I was like, Max, come over. Well, I think I had to cancel, uh, and then you had to cancel, and then I had to cancel. Uh, it's just part of living in Los yeah, Angeles. Yeah, yeah, I felt so bad. Um, but you're here now. Yes, ma'am. Okay, and we're talking about your wonderful podcast. Yes. Called The Bitchery of History. Yes, ma'am. So, I have to ask... Can you just tell me a little summary? Yes, of course. Of your podcast. You want to hear the elevator pitch? Oh, I would love to hear okay. it. Okay. So The Bitchy of History is a weekly podcast that explores the stories of women who made history only to be forgotten by it. Each week, my co-host Allison and myself, we talk about two women who made history. And then the rest of the podcast is us talking about whatever we want to talk about. Uh, things like toxic masculinity and um, androgyny and the queer movement and um, walking down the street, not getting harassed, that kind of yeah. fun stuff. Um, that kind of fun <laughs> stuff. Um, that was put so nicely. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I was like, wow. Me, I'm like, um, uh, this is... A thing that I do? No, that was that's well, thank you. perfectly put. Thank um, you. It's been a lot of writing business plans and stuff like sure, that lately. Yeah. Sure. And yeah. this start, which is pretty amazing because you and Allison, yes. you both came up with this together and yes, you do everything together and now you're kind of acquiring a small yeah, crew and everything. This actually, the podcast actually grew out of a movie that... Allison is, well, still making right okay. now. She's okay. working on uh, making a movie called Banging Laney. Uh, and if you want to know more about that, there's a Facebook page for it. Uh, and I'll let her speak for herself on that project because it's really like her little baby. Um, but we were sitting around talking about it. And it's all about, the movie is all about a woman's 
this girl who's in high school and she's it's like finding herself and sure. what is love and what is sexuality and all that kind of stuff. And we were like, there really should be a podcast about this. Uh, and Allison actually came up with the name The Bitchery of History. <laughs> Which is perfect. <laughs> and then I just kind of ran with it. And we've, uh, we're have we 40, see, 37 mm-hmm. episodes in season one and we just recorded wow. 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12. Oh my God. Today, actually. Oh my goodness. And you have such a wonderful following and it's exciting I, it's, it's growing. super exciting yeah. and i'm not just saying this like i'm a huge fan of this oh, podcast thank you. I appreciate and that. i think like what it has to say about the world and it also like makes me a little sad why I, because i don't know these things oh yeah and it that's upsets fair. me it's like i yeah. saw hidden figures and yes. i was upset that yes. i didn't i cried after that movie because i was like why didn't i learn about this absolutely you think about these women and they are they're literally everywhere i mean mm-hmm. still alive to this day but then you know, we made a choice very early on that we wanted to explore women not just from a Eurocentric point of view, mm-hmm. so not just from a, a white person's point of view, essentially, because <laughs> that's what we are. We, right. Allison and I are two white people, middle-class white people from North Carolina. Right. I'm from Miami, but <laughs> North Carolina eventually. We get it. Yeah, we get it. <laughs> uh, and so we wanted to really make a conscious choice. Like, if, if it's going to be us, two mm-hmm. white people doing this podcast, we're going to make conscious decisions to open up our range of view to as many women as possible. So we've gone all the way back to Sappho, who is an ancient Greek poet. We've talked about Hypatia, who was uh, an Egyptian queen whose name they tried to erase from history. Mm. Uh, Ancient power lords and uh, queens of England and France and all these fun things. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's super inspiring. It really is. And it makes me feel more connected to... My gender, which I, which I think is like That's a we beautiful for. thing. Yeah. It's really cool. It makes me happy to hear you say that. Yeah. I think, and I think it's important for women to listen. Well, men too. I think it's important Absolutely. for everyone to listen to this. But I think, you know, those textbooks aren't really the yeah. best in school right now. You know now. what's been interesting is a lot of what, in a lot of the advertising that I've been putting up for the Facebook, because that mm-hmm. is, you know, part of running a a production is doing advertising for yes. it. You know that with yes. its personal and going into their Facebook, like shows you all these metrics on gender and race and yes. where in the world and stuff like that. And our, what we've had so far. So we just were today, we passed 4,000 listeners or 4,000 uh, followers on Facebook. Congrats. Thank you. And uh, our, it's pretty much split. It is men and women, are equally like the people who are following us that's, on the Facebook platform. Um, well, I think that's amazing. Which I think is is really fun. And I think it also, we wanted to really make sure that we were not making a podcast that was for women or anti-men. Mm-hmm. Like, we really just want to kind of fit in that little missing gap in our collective mm. memory. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's so smart. I like that you are, you're taking such a smart path to this. You're not just like, okay, here are some women, let's go. Yeah. But you're like, we want to make people aware and not just women, everyone. And you're trying to reach, you know, everywhere as well all around the world, which I think is really cool. Uh, I love you. You're amazing. I love you. Can we just say how much we like each other in this podcast? Yes, please. Um, so for you personally, why was this such a topic of importance to you? Where, where did that stem from kind of thing? Especially being a male. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I come from 
I, I, I'm a, so I'm Jewish mm-hmm. and being Jewish is really a big part of who I am. It's mm-hmm. a big part of my upbringing. I really found more of a home in my Jewish community, especially at a, I went to this summer camp, this sleepaway camp called Camp JRF okay. up in the mountains of the I Poconos. Never went to camp. Oh, it was honestly, I kicked and screamed on the way to the first, the first time the, I went and then you were obsessed. And then I was hooked. It was great. I missed out on my childhood. Hashtag regrets. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> I'm sure your childhood was wonderfully fine. It was. It was. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but I I come from a, a certain kind of branch of Judaism called Reconstructionism. And Reconstructionism is the earliest kind of, or the, not the earliest, but the recent, the most recent sect of Judaism. It was found, founded in 1945 by a man named Mordechai Kaplan. Okay. And his idea was, you know, Judaism is a super old religion. Uh-huh. And this is honestly like, I'm not a rabbi, I'm not a Jewish <laughs> scholar, so whatever. But um, it's taking the concepts of Judaism and, and applying them to today. So like, I don't keep kosher because the kosher laws were put in place for for a different reason than why we're alive right now. Okay. It's cleanliness and being safe and, and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, so I don't keep kosher, but I keep eco-kashrut. So Reconstructionism also takes women who traditionally have been respected, but not necessarily on par with men mm. and puts them right there. Mm. It puts them... So Reconstructionists started the movement reform a little bit, but Reconstruction has started giving women bar, mit- bar mitzvahs. So we got bat mitzvahs, female rabbis. Oh. I met at that sleepaway camp, I met my first married lesbian rabbis. Interesting. Right? right? I had no idea. I, like, I didn't know that there were different types yeah, of really. There's four, there's four main sects of Judaism. Orthodox, conservative, reform, and reconstructionist. Oh my God, I'm learning so much right now. <laughs> I love it. That's super interesting. Um, but then more than that, I... I just, my family is just full of strong women. I mean, uh, my, I've, I'm lucky to have a mom and a stepmom. Mm. My stepmom has been my stepmom for longer than she hasn't been my stepmom. Mm. Uh, I have five cousins who are all girls who are all strong and smart and in college right now. And I don't That's know, amazing. it's just, I think women have gotten the short end of the stick for too long. Oh, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> No, that that's super yeah. that's super interesting. And I, I I like that. And oh man, I feel really bad that I don't remember her name. Um you talked about the the Jewish woman who saved all those babies and kids. That one episode, do you know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, the one who um she was a, a worker. Um a, a case worker and she smuggled babies yes. out in her yes. Irina Sendler. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I was like literally, I was washing dishes and listening to that podcast and there <laughs> were like moments I had to like, I had to like stop a little bit because you were even talking about your connection to it. Yeah. Um, I was just, it was beautiful and I, insane. See, listen to the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Then you know what we're talking about. She smuggled babies out of the, uh, the ghettos in Poland in baskets yeah. and her medical equipment and all that fun stuff. She saved a lot of people. And then she like saved everyone's like information. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah which yeah. is like, I have chills thinking about that because they, you know, you change your name and everything cause you're in hiding. Exactly. And then, uh, uh, like it literally yeah. it's mind blowing and I'm not Jewish. So, you know, I obviously don't have that connection to it, but I was like well, sitting sure, there with like chills. It you're was, a human being. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, just beautiful. It was beautiful what that woman did. Um, so, um, what's kind of like your, your end goal with this podcast? Um, at the moment, so back in August of last year, so mm-hmm. 20, 
What year is it now? 20, so not 2016, the year before. 2015. I founded my company. Mm-hmm. It's called Ursula Major Productions. Love it. And uh, it, it, Ursula Major was originally supposed to be my drag name, and then I found out that someone in Washington State already performs under the name Ursula Major. No! And so I didn't want to steal someone else's name, so I just made it the name of my production company instead. Love uh, it. And so the podcast really is the first major thing for Ursula. And so really what it is, it's I want to set it up as something, because I think that what's great about this is that women are from everywhere, Mm. right? And so eventually we're doing these women who are these big, you know, names that they're known throughout the world. They did these big heroic things, but I want to start telling the stories of, you know, people's grandmothers who raised kids on nothing and had these really great Mm. lives and they had these really crazy stories because you can find those stories, you know, everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so... I think this is something that'll stay for a long time. And if we work it right, we can make it into a little, we want to give to charity. So 10% of, or 10% is a number we're playing with right now, giving to charity. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of like make it a thing that goes and funds other projects. So we're talking about video expansion and maybe recreations, doing all kinds of stuff. But that's what I've been kind of collecting together, a little production team and uh, we're talking now, right now, about uh, video expansion and yeah. YouTube stuff. And there's a new video series in the works. And so cool. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so what types of... Re- have you received, like, responses from people about the podcast? Yeah. or What's been interesting is that, um, except for right at the very beginning when we were still... We had... I kind of learned how to make a podcast from podcast one. And I had no idea mm-hmm. what went into it or editing and any of that stuff. I understand. I, I hated <laughs> editing in school. I still hate editing, honestly. <laughs> and so we had some technical issues and some of the very early reviews were like, it sounds like people are screaming in my ears and I can't listen to this. And I was like, I, every response would always be like, thank you so much for downloading the podcast. We're working right now on improving sound quality. Please listen again. You know, yeah. all that fun yeah. PR stuff. But now it's like when we get comments and stuff on the Facebook, it's, you know, hey, thank you for covering this. You made really great points here, here, and here, but, you know, the way you address this isn't the right way to go about it. So maybe talk about this. And all the responses have been constructive as opposed to just, like, attacking us. Yeah. Which is really nice, which makes me think that we're... The idea of kind of setting up a safe space for us to share ideas and stuff like that is... is, uh, working at least at the beginning yeah yeah amazing which is really exciting yeah that is super exciting i love that all right so yes let's see i was i want to do this now i'm going to do it now so i kind of do this thing every episode which where it's kind of like a rapid slow burn fire question okay. thing <laughs> okay so i'll ask you questions you have to answer right away okay we can talk about okay it. we don't have to move immediately on okay. To oh, okay 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 do you know okay. what i'm saying i know what we're doing so it's like rapid yes. questions but, but we you can, can expand sure. on the, sure, the sure, answer sure. if you like sure. just to get to know off Max the top here. of my head what we can dig we into can dig. my in the moment answer yes right. yes just to get to know you sure okay so max what's your favorite animal Elephants. Elephants. Why yeah. elephants? Um, well, I think I worked at Banana Republic, <laughs> and Love their mascot it. is the bana- is the elephant. Banana is the elephant. <laughs> I don't know. I just have a real good tie to elephants. They're smart, and they save people. And I saw this video the other day. This might be why I just said elephants, because <laughs> I saw this video the other day of this guy. He was in oh, the no. water, like this fast-moving river, and this elephant comes across. This little baby elephant came across and pushed him out of the water because... <gasps> uh, 
the little baby elephant thought that the man was drowning. So, like, helped him come out. <sighs> and they take care of their young, and they love each other, right. and they mourn each other. I don't know. I just think it's they're... It's kind of beautiful. They're majestic. Yeah. Yeah. Majestic. That, yeah. Is, that is a good word to describe. Elephants. Yeah. Yeah. Makes me want to watch Planet Earth. Yes. <laughs> so good. So good. Um, okay. So who is your uh, favorite woman that you've talked about on the podcast so far? Oh, Lynn Hill. Hands down. Can you tell us a little bit about Lynn Hill? Yes. Okay. So in Yosemite Valley, mm-hmm. which is about four hours north of us from here in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. uh, it is the mecca of... Uh, wall climbing like free climbing rock climbing mm-hmm. there's a documentary no, thank you there's a documentary <laughs> no i know honestly this is one of the reasons why she's one of my favorites so there's a documentary it's called um uh something in the valley i don't know i can tell you, you can post yeah. it. but lynn hill so there's this mountain it's called the nose right okay. it is 2900 feet straight into the air this is like taking the empire state building and putting it on top of each other twice You'd still have like a couple hundred feet on top. I'm making a face. I'm like <laughs> four right now. I'm so like, Lynn Ugh. Hill. So she's part of this second like wave or no third wave of climbers. There's a couple just very distinct waves of climbers that came into Yosemite, uh, still to this day. And the first time someone climbs the nose, it took them like two and a half weeks. The second time it happened, it took them like a week. Lynn Hill became the first woman to free climb the nose. This is climbing using sometimes holds that are the width of the fingertips. So holding like your full body weight on the tips of your fingers and sometimes literally only having a friction holding your feet Uh. to the walls. She became the first person to do it with no rope to save her if she fell. Oh my God. And then the next year she became the second attempt ever on the nose. She became, she did it again in 24 hours. In 24 hours. 24 hours. <laughs> She's a monkey. No, but listen to this. The next guy, the current record is like two hours and something minutes. What? It's a man. His name's Alex Honnold, and he's a monkey. He's a, like an actual monkey. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. I watch sometimes when I think I'm overwhelmed or if I think like I'm freaking out about something, I watch videos of people free climbing, and it calms, it calms me down. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, it calms me down. That and Bob Ross. <laughs> Bob Ross. I was Bob. Well, Bob, my boyfriend Bob, was right. Bob Ross for Halloween. Yes. And I With the was, fro and everything? Yes, he had the fro and everything. And then I was a canvas. And then yes. we had people, like, it was just fun. Like, Bob would hold a palette, and then I would stand there and hold the canvas. And then he would paint it, and it has all of our lovely friends have painted on this canvas, oh. and it's hanging in our bathroom now. Oh, I'm going to have to look. Yeah, it's... It's really funny because it's like kind of ugly, but it's but it's so. Oh, but it has a story. It's like and it's there's a something memory. behind it, yeah. which is really funny because I saw some post something be like, uh, "The women that are objects, like being a canvas for Halloween, while the man's being a Barbara Ross oh is super." Yeah. Oh no. It's, and I didn't say anything because I I clearly knew she was talking about me, but I was like, I wasn't being an object. It was right. my idea to be the canvas. Right. And your costume was the canvas. And it was such a wonderful connecting thing yeah. with this group of people. Yeah. I had a, it was like a few people were over and it was something we were talking about and something we were laughing about and it brought us together. And I was like, screw right. you, lady. <laughs> you don't know what this did for me. And I have all my, lo- my lovely friends. Right? And they right. signed the back. Everyone oh, signed the back. That's and so it's hanging cute. in the bathroom. Aww. But anyways, Bob Ross. Sorry. Side note. No, please. We love Bob I'll Ross. I'll talk about Bob Ross any day of the God, week. those squirrels that he has. Oh, happy little trees. Happy little oh. clouds. Happy little rivers. 
My favorite is when he shakes out the brush. <laughs> He's like, I gotta beat the devil out of it. Beat this. the devil out of it. I was watching <laughs> I was watching with a friend once and he'd never seen Bob Ross before. So it was one of those moments where I was like, Okay. Now we have to watch Bob Ross. And so I put it on and I said, I looked at him and I said, I literally watch him constantly, like all the time. And he said, no, you don't. And I said, okay. And he went to clean the brush and he dips it and he goes, and I went, and then you beat the devil out of it. And he went, huh? And then Bob Ross went, and then you beat the devil out of it. And the guy went, oh my God. (laughs) It's the best line. He's like, you do watch us too much. It is super calming though. It is. It's just beautiful watching someone paint because I'm like, I can't do that, but I admire it. It's so (laughs) self-affirming. It's it's not a painting lesson. It is a life lesson. Yes. Yes. (laughs) The trees are going to be where the trees are going to be. Yeah. The clouds, they're going to be where they're going to be. If you make a mistake, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Make it into something beautiful. Uh, Yes. I love it. uh, Yes. Bob Ross. Um... Okay, so what is your favorite podcast right now? Can't say Bitchery of History. <laughs> You're ruining rapid fire. I know I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I really love Marketplace from NPR. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love Kai Rizdahl. I think he's so interesting and so smart. And I'm super into politics. I actually serve, I was elected to my neighborhood council (gasps) in Los Angeles. Yeah. So uh, I'm really into politics and money and all that kind of fun stuff. And and it makes me feel smart Uh, listening to Marketplace. I love it. Yeah. Well, you are smart. You're very smart. Well, you're very active in your community, which I think is I try. I think it's very important. With politics, too, which I think is, you know, I've had conversations with you, and you're very, like, up on it. You're well-researched. Well, I listen to NPR and nothing else in my car. Oh, okay. That's it. Everyone, listen to NPR, and you can be as smart (laughs) as that. I am a sustaining member of KPCC, my local station. Oh, my God, I love it. You're amazing. (laughs) Um, Warner Brothers matches my donations. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing that they yeah, do. Yeah, they match my donations to the ACLU as well. It's just $5. It's $5 but, to both every but year. But still, yeah. that's really yeah. nice. Um, fun fact, Max and I work at Warner Brothers together, mm-hmm. just like everyone that's been Sorry, on this I don't podcast. know that if I, <laughs> no, if it, you weren't saying that or not. No, 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 oh, okay, no. I say it like in every podcast because oh, okay, I've had Ryan okay. from yep. Sydney. Sydney. Who else? There was somebody else. Oh, no, Alec and... Riley learned it from it. But yeah, it's no. just like yeah. everyone is feel like it's from Warner Brothers. I, I know. I love the people that I've met and what for the most almost all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I love almost all of them. No, but I get what you're saying. There's a great community of artists. Yes. And yeah. um, I've heard it referred to lovingly as the Island of Misfit Toys. <laughs> and I think there is no description that is more apt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I agree with you because some of the most amazing projects. I mean, I mean, look at this. I would have never met you. That's true. It's, I mean, I wouldn't have you on the podcast right now, and um, I think it's really cool because a lot of those people, being misfits, yeah. um, they're all underrepresented, mm-hmm. and some of them are just absolutely Jeez, fantastic at what they do. The produ- most of the production team for Bitchery is people who are WB, yeah, yeah, which is crazy, yeah. It's a great community. It is very true. Yeah. Um, okay. So if you would travel anywhere in the world, where mm-hmm. would you go? Oh, Florence. 
no, I changed my mind. Venice. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Florence. I don't. I want to go to Venice now. Uh, have you never been to Venice? No. No. We were supposed to. My I my parents work for the government. Uh, and so we moved from Miami to Rome for a year when I was oh, in high school wow. and then to North Carolina. And then I moved here from there. Amazing. It was great. I what had a diplomatic like, passport and everything. Living there for a It was year. great. I yeah. went to, uh, I went to an American school over there and we had an apartment and I ate a lot of Italian food and <laughs> I got pretty good. I'm pretty good at Italian. Really? I speak conversational Italian. Yeah. Oh my God. I can have like a conversation. My favorite is when I have Italian guests and they don't know I can understand them. And then they make fun of things on the lot. They don't make fun of me because I'm a great tour guide. <laughs> but, they, <laughs> but they make fun of like things on the lot. And I, it's funny. You it's can, funny like, to can hear you, their like, jokes. Can you chime in a little bit? I, I don't because I like them to think that I don't know what I'm... Because then also I'm scared they're going to like start a full conversation and I'm not, I'm not there anymore. Right, right. That's kind of amazing though. Yeah. I love that. It's fun. I'll it's learn like a Italian superpower. so then we can uh, we can chat together. Yeah. It's actually been a goal of mine since forever to learn Italian and I've failed epically at it. Oh no. There's still time. <laughs> there is. <laughs> There's still You are young time. yet. <laughs> but I really I really want to learn. That's actually this is funny. I want to travel the same place. I want to just go to Italy in general. I don't really care where it's right It's beautiful. Now. Florence is beautiful too. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Ugh, it's such a goal. I'm yeah. my family cuz I'm Italian so I'm from yes. the province of of Naples. All right. A beautiful um, city. I've been mm-hmm. there too. Yeah. But yeah, I've just never gone. I've never experienced it. So I really want to. Yeah. I need to travel more. Yes. 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 It's good to be worldly. I want to get back to traveling. It's just costly. Exactly. Yeah. And you know what? It's not... Living it, the dream is expensive. It, living the dream is very expensive. <laughs> they don't tell you that in college. And they're like, yeah, travel, get cultured. You're like, yeah. And you're like, great, I have no money. Sorry, I'm playing footsie with no, you right okay. now. No, it's okay. Touch my foot. Um, <laughs> um, so, what's your favorite bar in Los Angeles? Blue Collar Working Dog. I don't think I've been there. It's so good. Where is that? It's on Fairfax, right next to the Whole Foods by the Grove. Yeah, yeah. It's right on the side. You go, like, down the little street. There's, like, a little head shop. And then there's the bar. It's right there on the corner. It's always... Sometimes it's either dead or it's hopping. And there is no really in between. (laughs) (laughs) There's no, like, oh, it's sort of... There's, like, some people... No. It's either there's, like, a person sitting in the corner picking his tooth... Or everyone <laughs> and their mother is there. But it's great because it's it's an experimental cocktail bar. Oh. And they make all of their mixers from scratch. It's all, like, they all have, you know, all these cocktails. And I, like, I'm not a very heavy drinker. Yeah. I don't really know names of drinks and stuff like that. Right. So I like to go up to bartenders and say, make me something purple. Or make me something blue. As long as there's no tequila in it, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I like that tequila is the one that you say no to. I, I I can't handle it. No, I'm just, yeah. That's me. Any uh, whiskey. Yeah. I smell whiskey and yeah, it like hurts me. My dad <laughs> my dad drinks scotch sometimes, and yeah, he'll like be drinking me. scotch, and he'll hold it to his nose and be like, "Oh, smell the forest in there." And I'm like, "I smell rubbing alcohol." <laughs> <laughs> That's me too, though. Yeah. I just don't think it no. smells good. Yeah, I like my liquor hidden. <laughs> I, me too. My mom's gonna listen to this. Yeah. And be like, oh my god. Hey, well, she, now she knows. That's true. That's true. I tell her everything anyway, yeah, so she true. knows already. Um, so, uh, what inspired you to move to this kind of? Now, I guess we're kind of sure. off the rapid. <laughs> sure. But what inspired you to move to Los Angeles? Ooh, um, I have always been painfully aware that I refuse to have any kind of desk job. 
Mm-hmm. I refuse to sit behind a, a desk and push papers mm-hmm. and have a routine and just do the same thing day in and day out and go home and get up and go to work and go home. I yeah. that sounds like it sounds like death to me. It sounds right. like what are you what are you doing with your life? Yeah. And here's the thing. I don't knock anybody who wants to do that. My right. sister, she is the kind of person who likes going and cuz she has a she has a husband and she likes playing games mm. and she has cats and she cosplays and goes to conventions and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's great. There are people who that's the kind of job that they want, but that's right. just not what I want. Right. And I've done theater since I was really young. I've sung in choruses since I was really young and I've always been very um opinionated <laughs> and very uh, 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 too big for my britches. I yeah. always, I've always gotten along with adults better than with kids my own age. And so, I don't know, it just seemed like I wanted to create stuff and I wanted to have my voice heard and I want to have a platform to talk about things and maybe affect change. And You're doing it. L.A. seemed like the best place to do that. Yeah, and you're definitely doing it. I mean, what a platform. I, I, Thank you. Seriously, I think the topic, I mean, just going back to it, the topic that you're doing, I think is very important. Thank you. I, I, Especially nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the things is Ursula Major was, I mean, it's obviously it's a business, right? right. So I am in there for, I, I would like it within the next year or two to be living mm. on the creations that right. I'm making, right? right? Which is the goal of any artist right. who makes anything. You want to, to inspire able- change, but you also need to, that's the <laughs> thing you want to be doing. Yeah, exactly. I'd like to rent. have a house and a yard and a garden and all that fun stuff. Yeah. So, um, I think what's really interesting is Ursula major was founded. I wanted to sh- create content that w- was diverse, purposefully diverse, which is a catchphrase mm. I'd say at almost every production meeting. I want to be purposely diverse. Mm. I want to lead with women just as much as men. And I want to prove that diverse, inclusive content can be just as profitable as anything else in Hollywood. And that's that's why I'm here. That's Ugh. the voice I want. I love it. Amazing. Um, what is um because because we're surrounded by like this entertainment and Mm -hmm. this craze Uh are you very inspired by a lot of the art that you see like you know oscars and all that kind of stuff because that's a very predominant thing here yeah i think you go through phases when you first move to la Mm -hmm. and the people all the people i've talked to definitely i i think i'm thankfully I'm in the phase where I don't really care about famous people anymore mm. in terms of like freaking out and right. all that other stuff. Right. Like I, I mean, we see George Clooney and Matt Damon and all these I famous people walking around. Him. No, I ran into George Clooney in a stairwell. I said, how you doing, sir? And he said, I'm great, man. And now we're best friends. I mean, <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, and I love so that you just call like, him sir. It's so cute. <laughs> well, I'm from the South, so everyone yeah. is sir or ma'am. You do say ma'am, too. I've yeah. noticed that. Yeah. yeah. Which has gotten on some people's nerves here in California. People like they miss instead of ma'am. ma'am. Exactly. Because it's an old thing. And I'm exactly. like, okay, you know, LA people, I know we all want to look young and live right. forever, but calm I'm now. being respectful. <laughs> so you, yes, it's very yeah. respectful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was. I my, appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. Uh, where was I? Um, oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. You're talking about celebrities seeing George Clooney in the Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I think I I appreciate the Oscars and the Golden Globes and all that other award stuff for for what it is. I by no means do I think that the best picture winner at the Oscars is always the best movie made right. of the year. Right. No, absolutely not. Right. But 
being successful in Hollywood is hard. Mm -hmm. Making a movie that is a cultural touchstone that, like, 12 Years a Slave Mm. made a point, Mm -hmm. was hugely successful, Mm -hmm. made a ton of money, launched Lupita Nyong'o's career, an an African-American woman's career into superstardom. Right. And made uh, made us think about stuff, you know right. what I mean, and that won the Oscar. Right, that's an amazing feat. Yeah, that's a great thing to do. So yeah. that that I think deserves celebration. Right. Do I think that there it is on par with a lot of maybe some other movies? Yeah, sure. Yeah. But I think the Oscar is a different measure than most people. Right. Think same thing with Golden Globes and yeah, People's Choice and all that stuff. How do you feel about just the entertainment industry in general representing women? Because you talk about these wonderful women all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as... It's a loaded question. It is a loaded question. <laughs> so it's interesting because you come into... You move to L.A. with this big dream. Yeah. And you you have people... Like, I, I can only imagine that there is there are little boys and girls living all over the country who mm-hmm. are watching La La Land and saying, I'm going to move to Los Angeles and I'm going to find a boy and we're going to fight... And this is the boys and girls saying, I'm going to find a boy and Uh fight and, you know, go into all these things. And then I'm going to have this huge artistic and, you know, maybe you do. And if you hit it off, like Justin Bieber, who just put video to YouTube videos and Nelly found him or whoever found him. Is that really how he started? Yeah, honey. He was was on YouTube. I'm I'm, I'm Um, sorry, world. I'm not a huge (laughs) Biebs fan. I don't really know much about him. And then it was, he was found by Usher is who it was. That's right. Who like launched him into Superstar. That's right. If that happens for you, God bless. Yeah. Congratulations. But it's hard work. Yeah. It is hard work. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it, because it is so who you know and these things, being creative and being a business thing is so hard to put together. I completely understand the desire to only work with people that you know and trust. People you've worked with in the past. People you know can turn a profit. Movies Mm -hmm. are really expensive. Mm -hmm. You know? And you have to weigh, as, as hard as it is to say this, you do have to weigh making a statement versus watching your bottom line. Mm-hmm. Because unless the big move, unless the movies make money, you're not going to make the movies. And so if you want to find movies that are pushing the envelope and are being successful and are making great comments, start paying attention to things like Sundance yeah. and, and yeah. Uh, Big Bear and yeah. Venice and Cannes and the LA Film Festival and the Miami Film Festival and the Berlin Film Festival. Right. I mean, they're literally all over the world, independent movies. That's what I tell people when they're like, the, uh, there's nothing original in the movie theaters anymore. I say, you're looking in the wrong place, right. honestly. Right, Because they're marketing theaters, for something completely different. Exactly, exactly. For a fun escape, you go to the Fox, movie theater. Fox, Warner Brothers, right. Paramount, Sony, they all have branches of the company that seek out and find independent movies because they know. They right. know how this works. Yeah, But they stupid. have to make movies like right. Transformers and Godzilla mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Kong, Skull Island, so that... You can make those other movies. You mm-hmm. can make the smaller movies. So I think that there is a lot of criticism, and deservedly so, for mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that happens in Hollywood. But at the same time, I do think you need to cut Hollywood some slack. Yeah. I do need to think that... I do think that you need to say, mm-hmm. if anyone in the world understands what's happening, it's Hollywood. Because mm-hmm. our success literally depends on understanding what people think of our art. That's a beautiful way of looking at it. It's really because I know I keep saying beautiful. I think you put things very um, eloquently. Like well, thank you. I, I, I think 
there is such a negative connotation with Hollywood. Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone's like, they're making shit right now. Everything's crap. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it's, and it, it's, uh, yeah, I think you have to look at things um, from that perspective. Like, why are they making this film? So exactly. they can fund the next film. Exactly. It's, there's, they're thinking about every move they make. Yeah. They're not dumb. They yeah. know where every penny yeah. goes. Absolutely. Um, and, yeah. and, and and the same thing goes for movies like the Harry, when you transform a book into a movie, mm-hmm. you have to change things. Mm-hmm. First of all, it's a different uh-huh. medium. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different medium. When people get mad about book to movie, it freaks me out. It freaks me out. <laughs> Enjoy the movie for what the movie is. Does it fit within the other movies? If it's right. a series like Harry Potter, do right. all the movies go together? Right. Does it tell a complete story? Are they, do they destroy your characters? See, there is one, see, Okay. <laughs> my example I just got super mad my example is Aragon the okay. Aragon movie mm. this is what pisses me off okay. about that movie okay they took a character there's a dragon in that book mm-hmm. it's four books they took the dragon they made the first one and they gave the dragon feathers instead of scales and what pisses me off is that the book explicitly says scales. In fact, you go through most of the books talking about the prop, the magical properties of dragon scales, the look of dragon mm. scales. The author goes through great pains to talk about how gorgeous and beautiful these scales are. And they gave the dragon feathers instead. And what makes me mad is not the choice for them to do feathers from scales. Right. Because that, whatever. What makes <laughs> me mad is that it costs more to do feathers than scales. And so it's a decision... That you go in and you go, okay, <laughs> you made a choice that goes against the book and it cost you more. What was that? What is that decision? How right. does that serve the original intent of the characters of the book? Right. That's the kind of stuff that gets me upset. But if you're talking like, oh, they didn't include the fact that Harry climbed up the third corridor behind the hidden tapestry and that's where <laughs> Ginny and Harry met and kissed. I, I don't care. Right. I don't care. Right. That fact was probably yeah. wrong. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 who knows? There's some Harry Potter fans <laughs> screaming into there. God damn it, Max! <laughs> You're offending me. Um, <laughs> no, I think that's. I think that's super interesting. Yeah, and I. Yeah. Oh God, I can talk about that kind of stuff forever. I mm-hmm. feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get really mad about that too. Well, that was even. Um, <clears throat> So, like, series of fortunate events mm-hmm. for me. How do you I'm, like the new Netflix one? I loved it. Yeah? My only... Okay, so here... Okay. 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 <laughs> you <laughs> just got go. very angry. Go. <laughs> so, I don't know. Do you remember the old, like, movie that they made with Jim Carrey? Yes. Okay. So... Did I see it? No. Okay. The movie is not the best. <laughs> okay. Um, but the reason why it's not the best is they smush three books into one film. Okay. And there's a lot of information in the three the three books. That's oh, why I do yeah. that's why I really do appreciate that they split like the se- the seventh Harry Potter into two parts. Two books, yeah. Damn that book had a lot of yeah, info. I agree. Um so they smushed everything together that kind of like set them up for failure. Yeah. But the acting was on point. Like Meryl Streep was phenomenal. Jim Carrey's kind of yeah. off. It's like I, that I, is a character made for him. I thought he was perfect yeah. for it. Um so Everything was there otherwise, but so I was. I always thought like if they ever did this again, that needs to be a TV show. Yeah. And so hearing that it came on Netflix, I flipped yeah, out. Good. And I thought that was perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but my only issue was the very last episode. I won't give anything away. They okay. sing a song, and it's they don't sing a song in the book. Oh, it's going okay. against one of sure. the things where like. 
Sure. It goes against the feel. Everything's a little different, yeah. right? Sure. But this whole feeling, yeah. but also it doesn't benefit. It doesn't right. It doesn't do anything for right. it. Right. It's a change that adds nothing. Right. And in my mind, now that you say costume, I'm like, it probably costs money <laughs> yeah. to write the <laughs> yeah, music. Exactly. To exactly. figure that, I was like, it just didn't really flow right. because in all eight, there was eight episodes or something like that. I don't even know. Maybe ten. No singing. <laughs> and then the very last episode, the yeah. last minute. Yeah. I was like, what is happening? Yeah. Um, but other than that, um, I I love those. So that's my side yeah. note on a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> right? Fantastic. Um, glad we talked about it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so um, besides bitchery of history, uh-huh. what's next for you? Anything? What's next? Uh, we are working on a video series. It's in the works at the right. moment. It's called Let Me Tell You Something. Right. Uh, and it is... On the podcast, we have a little thing called our term of the week. And we go into some term... Today it was androcentrism. We recorded five episodes today. And one of them was androcentrism. You did five episodes today? Yeah. Holy. Took us about three hours. It was great. We do everything on one day on one day of the month, and then we have all the month's episodes. That's really smart, though. And then it leaves us time to do all like this other, all right, the other stuff. Right, right. Live your life. Live my life. It's <laughs> oh, part of it. It's trying to live a life. And um, no, it's okay. I go to lots of drag shows. And Which we need to talk about RuPaul, but continue. Yes. Or was I? Uh, I'm <laughs> I sorry. I keep doing that. No, no, no. Um, you were talking about, um, let me tell you something. Yes. So on the term of the week, oh, androcentrism is the prizing of men's traits and uh, and outward expressions above feminine traits and expressions, no matter what the gender of the person expressing the traits or the expressions are. So okay. it's the reason why girls are, why it's okay for girls to be tomboys, but it's not okay for men to dress like girls because mm. the girl is expressing a male trait. And so it's okay, but the male is expressing a female trait. And so that's not okay. Interesting. The male gaze that we talk about so much yes. that is a subset of androcentrism. Okay. Yeah. So the viewing of whatever project you're looking at and artistic expression is almost always in male dominated cultures from a male perspective. Okay. So sex scenes are always overly gratuitous. You see female body parts, but you don't, you don't see, see male, male body parts, Ugh, that kind of stuff. Exactly. That. The proliferance of rape scenes mm. in shows like Game of Thrones and stuff like that. Mm. And so we want to take that term of the week and kind of expand it into a visual sense. Uh, we have, I have some friends who know After Effects and all that kind of stuff yeah. who are going to like put little blurbs and stuff like that. And so we're going to start doing little videos with the hopeful, with the goal of kind of expanding the reach of Ursula and then finding sponsorships or endorsements or stuff like that. Amazing. Yeah. So setting up a little platform. Uh, The goal is to set up a platform that'll springboard other ideas. Love it. So that I don't have to constantly be searching for money for stuff. I can just use a product that's making the world better to fund the creative things that I want to do. Sure. And that my friends want to do as well. Are you in in everything that you know? I know you do your research around the women and everything you look mm-hmm. up. But are you like self taught? And like, did you? You know, I took like a feminist class in college. Yeah. Did was this all stuff you read and looked up on your own, or 
It's a little bit of both, uh, or a little bit of a lot of things. So I went to UNC Greensboro, North Carolina, okay. which when it was founded was the State Normal Industrial College for Women in, oh. North Car- in North Carolina. It was the first women's college in North Carolina. And so UNCG is known for having a very high women's population, mm. and it's also known for having a, um, a very high queer population. Okay. And so, well, higher than normal, and actually higher than the nation the nationwide average. So wow. we actually were on the high end. And so Greensboro itself then is also a Mecca for the civil rights. It's one or not. I'm not okay. Mecca is probably the wrong word, but it's a, it's a location for the okay. civil rights movement. The, mm-hmm. the Woolworth luncheon counter sit-ins mm-hmm. happened in Greensboro, North okay. Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the international history, the international civil rights museum is in Greensboro, North Carolina. Okay, well, I need to go there. Uh, Greensboro is full of historically black colleges. So A&T University, Guilford University, uh, Greensboro College. These are all historically black colleges. So I went to school in a a southern state in a very civil rights heavy area. Yeah. I had a very liberal college. I mean, there were literally, I went to college in a city that had seven universities in it or eight universities in it. And was very active there. I served in committees to the chan a, a committee to the chancellor there, and Amazing. I was treasurer of my fraternity for three years Got and it. all that fun stuff. So I think I just kind of it was I think inevitable. Right. <laughs> and right. Allison comes from the same place too. My co-host. She Got comes it. from the same from the same place. Amazing, because yeah. because yeah. yeah, you're very well educated when it it comes to all of this, um, which I. Wish I was more, and that's why I listen to your podcast. Oh, well, thank you. And everyone out there listening should listen to it, too. Yes, Where please. can we find Bitchery of History and all that wonderfulness? So you can find Bitchery of History wherever you download your major podcasts. So <gasps> we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic. We're in Google Play Music Store. Oh, my god. We're goodness. on Blueberry, if you happen to be one of the few people who downloads there. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Covering all the bases. Covering all the bases. So that the whole world can listen. Absolutely. We also have a website, which was designed by another Warner Brothers alum. She no longer Sydney. works there, but Sydney. She was who's on the podcast. On podcast. She yes. was on the last episode, I think. Yeah. yeah. And, um, oh, I'm so happy I'm on the episode after her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love her. I, the, the depth of my love for Sydney Tannenbaum is just endless. She's very Absolutely. talented. She's so good. That girl has a plethora of skills. I... Which is mind-blowing I don't know to me. how I got so lucky to be sitting next to her at theater. That's that's how we met. That's how we became friends, was sitting at theater at at work. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Sitting there at that yeah. stupid podium. <laughs> Such a stupid podium. No, because, I mean, she showed me some of her, like, the stickers she's working on for you. <gasps> Do you love them? I Aren't they gorgeous? I want the one of Fulan. <gasps> Right. That's the one I'm in love with. Right. So I was like, Sydney, when this happens, like, let me know. I will buy one. Yes. Um, so she's that, an artist. Uh, yes. She's an artist. She's a, producer. a web designer. She's a producer. So if anyone needs Sydney, like, Jack of all trades. Jesus. Absolutely. She's amazing. Uh, her website, you can check out a website designed by her and check out the Bitcheries website at umpboh.com. Awesome. I love it. It just went, the new one just went live last it's week. It's beautiful. I was like clicking around. I was like, this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> the other day when I saw it posted. Yeah. Um, you guys have a Facebook page too, we do. right? We do. Okay. It's facebook.com slash umpboh, just like the website. Cool. Or you can just search the Bitchery of History. Our logo is Shirley Chisholm, who is the first African-American woman to run for president, doing the Rosie the Riveter pose. I love it. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. Well, Max, do you have anything else you need to throw out into the universe? Or did we cover everything? Be kind to one another. Think 
before you yell at people. Yes. And um, don't yell at people. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to like frame that somewhere. <laughs> don't yell at people. <laughs> like think before you yell at people and don't yell at people. <laughs> Matt Kirkman. Um, that's great. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for yeah. being here. My pleasure. Thanks and for having me. Everyone, look up Max. Keep exploring and listen to his amazing podcast, yes, Between History. You. Thanks, Max. Thank you, Liz. Where did you come from and where are you going? Let's meet someone worth knowing. Where did you come from and where are you going? This is the up and coming.